um, again, one of the leaders of SGLA, Rene August, always says is like, what lens are you bringing to scripture? Yeah. And those lens are, you know, we think again that scripture is like apolitical, acontextual, but it's 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 informed by the people around us. It's yeah, informed by the 100%. world we live in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So like, who am I reading the Bible with, yeah. right? If I'm always reading the Bible with people who look like me, either either through race, class, you know, geography, then I'll there's some things that I'm definitely gonna miss, yeah. right? Like, but if I'm yeah. if I'm if I'm intentionally and this is what I'm trying to do, not easy, but like intentionally putting myself in different environments with different people that I probably generally wouldn't be hanging out with. Yeah. And with people that I usually wouldn't sit around the table with. Welcome, Wanderer. Thank you for joining me, Cecile. And me, Tato, in interrogating and deciphering our formation, our beliefs and all the ideas that have influenced and shaped our faith. Whether we're dissecting our ever-growing faith, contending for what we believe, or discussing how we have come to believe what we believe, we want to invite you to join in on our journey of rediscovering our faith. Welcome. Welcome. guys come on we're, we're going strong come on we're on this right yeah, yeah, yeah. we're in it to win it we're in it to win in it this now. together we the all is... in this together you know i still know the dance moves hey okay come guys. on guys like we're like you know those steam engines where they're like choo 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 now we're, we're like great. full momentum full we steam ahead come on great. all right so and we love that you're always here with us thank you so much guys for all the love and support that we've been seeing on social media thank you so much for engaging with us like yeah like you know we said at the beginning we're all wandering right in this in this wilderness some of y'all have found an oasis good for y'all let's make the circle bigger let's make it bigger so i feel like we've been on a little bit of a series if i can call it that i don't know hey we're in it we're in it so i think a few weeks ago two or so weeks ago we spoke about what we were taught to believe so kind of the ideas underlying you know particularly i think evangelical christianity um in terms of how we believe what we believe about patriarchy poverty purity culture etc and then we also kind of spoke about what influences our belief now yeah. um talking about last time you know the historical jesus jesus in yeah. his context yeah and i think you know part of that conversation i think coming out of that conversation kind of leads to new questions around okay fine yeah now you believe this about jesus how do you then live out this faith? How do yeah, you how live? do you carry this new faith? Right. Or like outwork it. Right. Yeah. So how do you carry your new faith? Because <laughs> you were busy coming through with facts, you know, documentaries, wow. you're out here. Wow. Using such yeah, you know, historical facts, what what? Now what? Yeah, but like it's I think right now, um, as we do live, spirituality is not really limited to spiritual practices, okay. but also the pursuit of life shaped by a sense of meaning, a sense of value, and mainly living a life under the influence of the Spirit of God. That sounds um, like such Christianese. Please break that down for me. It's No, but like existential questions that people have. It's not really just... So spirituality doesn't really belong to... It's not confined within um the bible or right. church or oh, at the prayer like we're bordering or... on uh, heresy now please <laughs> please explain yourself no, what do you mean but like no but like our spirituality cannot just be contained within those practices God said it. 
that settles it. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> Come on, somebody! Come on, somebody! Please explain. Am yourself. I even still exactly. a follower of Jesus? Well, looking at the different practices of spirituality, people still feel like just that active kind of spirituality is also important. Like you're in fact finding God. You even talking, even you saying spirituality. I remember a time when I would be, I would have my ears pricked up at this point and be very suspicious. Like, what do you mean spirituality? <laughs> Name it. New age. What are you talking about? Are you talking New about age. Jesus? Yes. Are you talking about Christianity? Right? Keep Christ in there. Or am I talking about... Right. What are you flexibility of... Like I was saying, like, spiritual... The idea of spirituality can be within the Christian um, understanding. As, like I was saying, it is a way of life that is influenced by God's spirit. The Holy Spirit. Okay. Holy Ghost fire. Yes, that's what I just want you to name. Yes. Yeah, the naming... Yeah, so in having the spirit of the Lord live in you mm. means you're that talking. the spirit of the spirit Lord, of the Holy me. Ghost, come on, guys, Holy Ghost come fire. on, somebody, okay. But it that doesn't have to be contained within just doing Christian practices. It can be within your daily life. Just give me an example. Maybe expecting having an expectation of God in the mundane day-to-day practices of life nice. or just going through life. Um, being God conscious in everything you do, how you respond uh, right. to stress or how you respond to people around you or how you respond to your community. It's just, it has to, it cannot just live within the four the walls of religion. of religion. It can live I talked about that thing um, just... that you and Caroline have done, which is like walking as a spiritual practice or something. Is that what you mean? Well, on top of that, it also means everything else that we do. Not just, you know, like the whole idea of life is a spaghetti bowl. It's not just compartments. It's not just separate it's boxes. It's interrelated. It's all I've never heard that example, but okay, it works. Wowzers. I'm just going to flow Wowzers. with it. Wowzers. I've heard women Maybe women I just are like made it up in my head. No, I, I, I've, heard the, I've heard the term men are like waffles and like women are like spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, again, I don't know. Shame. It was this couple. I remember Focus on the Family, guys. Maybe I was really steeped in the image of culture. There's this thing. I don't know. Have you not heard of Focus on the Family? No, I have. I mean, like, that is it's a huge, classic. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Classic so, so there's this couple that wrote this book called, I think, Women are like spaghetti and men are like waffles. Basically, just talking about how like women and men are different in the, fa- in the way they process things. And like, anyway, it's side conversation, yeah. whatever. You could. Take it if you want, leave it if you don't want to. Yeah, it's fine. yeah. But then what would the new spiritual practices look like for you? Um, I mean, as you'll know, it's been a it's been a whole what can I call it? Roller coaster, if I can call it, of an experience, just trying to figure that out. Um it particularly, I mean, in the last again, you know, three years, I guess, as I've been re engaging in these things more intentionally. I remember a time, I think maybe three years ago, when there was a, a conference, a local conference, and I struggled engaging in that because, you know, the the, the emphasis was very much like, you know, the Holy Spirit, let's be filled yeah. with the Holy Spirit and, you know, let's let's seek God and whatever. And those are all very good, noble things yeah. um, that I can get behind. But I struggled in that moment because I felt like we're doing this at the expense of seeing the world as it yeah. is. So I, I, I've really struggled. And I mean, it's been an on and off struggle for the last, I think, three years, right? As I'm engaging in these things of the the muscle memory of, um, uh, uh, you know, a privatized, individualized yeah. faith, yeah. right? When I lift my hands and worship and close my eyes, I feel like, okay, that's it. It's just me and the Lord. You know, again, like I said, you know, Jesus is my boyfriend. <laughs> 
Listen, it's all a relationship, right? Come on, some boring. Um, but then, like you're saying, when you engage with the Holy Spirit, then it it becomes an individual thing. But why can it not be an individual and corporate thing? You know what I mean? Because you can't separate what is happening in the world absolutely from your faith journey or your faith experience. Mm-mm. There's a lot of atrocious things happening in the world mm. now. And we have to respond in a prophetic way. Absolutely. Like we... Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like, I, it shouldn't just be about, like, you know, me and Jesus. Like, it should be about, you know, also engaging in the world. But then what I'm saying is, like, I st- like I've had moments where I struggle practicing my faith because the muscle memory of being in an environment where I was doing that at the expense of seeing. But now, in terms of, like, the new kind of spirituality that I'm practicing or yeah. the new spiritual practices that I can't say I've, I'm there yet, but like what I'm trying to, I guess, prioritize is like a praxis based life, if I can yeah, call it yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and you know, Come through with the terminology, hey, let jogger. the people know what praxis is. So is this, is this, is this great resource? I don't know what to call it, to be honest, but um, I first heard of it, you know, at this leadership and urban transformation course that I took like two years ago um, and the warehouse uses it a lot. But I mean, if I were to really quickly summarize it, it's just essentially being able to go through four stages or four movements. It's a cycle, but like as, as with most cycles, it's not linear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, you start with immersion, knowing yourself. Where are you in the world? Who are you in the world? Knowing your social Identifying positioning. Identifying your surroundings. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and knowing your social positioning, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm a black woman living in South Africa, you know, in a particular neighborhood where, which may or may not be a middle-class neighborhood. What is that? You know, et cetera, et cetera, all those things. Yeah, yeah. And then being able to take that to like a more broader lens, right? And, and say, okay, I live in Cape Town what's the historical nature of this yeah. of the city you know and 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 particularly looking at i think it actually goes back to what we mentioned briefly or you mentioned at the pre- in the previous podcast about like discipleship so for me it's 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 about how critical reflection and analysis should be prioritized as part of discipleship and the way that yeah. i'm trying to live my life now yeah. um and essentially the the practice-based life is a life committed to reflecting upon our world, yeah. uh, reflecting on the underlying values, the dominantly upheld narratives, and our own blind spots, yeah. and then acting, right? I think that, that blind spots is really important, hey? So true. we have, all of us as human beings, have Absolutely. those blind spots, because Absolutely. we've been engineered in a, in, a, in a way that we don't always see a different perspective, absolutely and i mean and 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 what we again spoke about i think in these past few episodes of constantly also interrogating our own beliefs right and our faith because you know if if we're if we're acting out of you know what we just what what did we say last time we spoke about patriarchy right and how men are always at the forefront imagine now you you don't interrogate that and you constantly act out of that right you're going to act unjustly so essentially when i when i talk about like the 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 practice-based life it's exactly what we just said self-awareness just yeah you know the the first point of the practice cycle is about social is about is about exercising self-awareness and the second point is again you know broadens this analytical eye towards like the social system so um, it explores the, the historical and the structural parallels to a particular situation. So, and I think the main components of social analysis are race, sex, age, class, ethnicity, religion, geography, yeah. all these other things. Um, and it's an uncomfortable thing, right? To be, to be yeah. able to think about 
why is the world we live in like this today right it's like this because of things that happened you know in the past and sometimes that's uncomfortable to think about depending on our social positioning yeah. which is why that's that part yeah. is so important but then taking all of that the third stage of the cycle is theological reflection taking all of that and submitting it under the light of god's word what yeah. does god say about women what yeah. does god say about poverty and homeless people right yeah. all, all going of these... back to following this jesus person Absolutely. that we trying to mimic and imitate absolutely and then i mean in the final stage of the of the practice cycle being action right like we take action after having interrogated and done analysis because if we just act out of like you know i think we spoke about this last time right like as a church just doing mercy mercy ministries or whatever it's great but it doesn't actually attack the root of the issue yeah and we can't attack the root of the issue because we don't know what the root is right so and i think for me that's part of the way that i'm trying by god's grace definitely not perfect in exercising this new spirituality but that constantly interrogates right that constantly asks questions and it's uncomfortable because like sometimes i'm reading my bible i find now that i'm like asking questions that I never asked before. I'm out here, you know, Googling scholarly articles and I'm reading a master's thesis <laughs> just to understand Acts yeah, 4, right? Yeah. It's, it's very grueling. It's, it's complicated grueling. to understand and to grasp. For you to read the Bible through a different lens mm. or try to read it through a different lens, is it's hard. Like you were mm. saying, we have blind spots and we don't always see past those blind spots. So mm. it's it's really difficult. But also it's it's the whole idea of like you were saying, looking at our context, where we are now being shaped by where we've been as humanity. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess also talking about how, and just jumping off what you're saying about like how we read the Bible. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, what, what um, again, one of the leaders of SGLA, Renee August always says is like, what lens are you bringing to scripture? Yeah. And those lens are... You know, we think again that scripture is like apolitical, acontextual, but it's 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 informed by the people around us. It's yeah, informed by the 100%. world we live in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, like, who am I reading the Bible with, yeah. right? If I'm always reading the Bible with people who look like me, either either through race, class, you know, geography, then I'll there's some things that I'm definitely gonna miss, yeah. right? Like, but if I'm yeah. if I'm if I'm intentionally and this is what I'm trying to do, not easy, but like intentionally putting myself in different environments with different people that i probably generally wouldn't be hanging out with intentionally finding myself and putting myself in places where i usually wouldn't go yeah and with people that i usually wouldn't sit around the table with because i also remember when caroline from our sjla team mentioned for the first time this was for the first time i was hearing this that actually esther was traffic to me that mm. like shocked my system to me like yeah, same what here. do you mean <laughs> i had never thought of it that way like we all want this to was a young girl <laughs> yeah i know right but it's this young girl who was taken out of her home mm. her surrounding her familiarity mm. and just forced to sleep with someone right yeah like, to parade herself in front of someone and this uncle was making uncle. it <laughs> Uncle was making her do the things. That's a thing though, like I had never looked at that scripture in that way. Mm. I to me it was always like, Oh, Esther so committed to saving the Israelites. It was mm. never understanding it within that context. Um, I think for me, it's, it's always a cognitive dissonance that I think about because I'm um, like, as a kid, you know, there was that movie that came out, One Night with the King, right? Like that dramatized this story of Esther. And we see in that movie, you know, children or, or young women being snatched and taken away yeah. violently. 
and yet at the end we still manage to twist this into a oh it's a beautiful story yeah, yeah, yeah. of how God romanticize it right I mean like yes God I mean I, I mean I think we can we all believe that God can make you know can make good out of a bad situation but like it's it's us it's us not being able to 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 wrestle with that to wrestle with what it means to be a man after God's own heart who also is a murderer and a rapist like but then we rob ourselves we do ourselves a disservice because we only get half of the story right we don't get the full story right and and that's how we at times perpetuate injustice and discredit <laughs> ourselves for being worthy of God's work and God's will or seeing ourselves bringing God's kingdom on earth because mm-hmm. We always romanticize these people as like, oh, they were so holy. They were so chosen right. by the Lord. Whereas, or even, I mean, like when I said like we perpetuate injustice, I just think of how um, in churches, you know, people who are abused, whether sexually by quote unquote men of God or just how churches, I mean, we there's plenty of stories at the moment, right? Going around around how churches abuse people, whether it's in terms of their money, sexually, their time, you know, whatever. Yeah, and we excuse that um, because like building the kingdom for build and the, for the purpose of building the kingdom because you know of our understanding or lack of understanding of you know accountability for these quote unquote men of God right like yeah. if we don't know how to read the story of David or Moses who also was a murderer right yeah. and, and and understand yes God's redemption and salvation in and through them but also understanding God's forgiveness and grace. Plus, also accountability, but right? But even when we look at their stories, it's always like that fairy tale. But that's what kind I'm saying, though. It's that fairy not... tale that's robbing us. Of, yeah, yeah. Of being it's able not. To... It's not really looking at it. Yes, we know that David killed a man so mm. he can get the man's wife. Mm. That is an injustice. But we always we're quick to say, like, "Oh no, yeah, but he repented." Right over there, and all over these like, things, which is it's... yeah. Anyway, that's all. Uh, that's a whole other thing. We'll probably have to bring in an expert for that because, like, that's deep. That's deep things. Um, so, so anyway, right. to wrap this up, um, we're talking about reading the Bible in a new way um, and see God in all the ordinariness and the everydayness of life. Um, we're talking about living a life of praxis, of reflection and action, critiquing, questioning and action again and theological reflection all of those things also that doesn't have to follow the topics that you mentioned it can like you were saying it's not a linear process absolutely not it's yeah you can find yourself just going between um some of the stages yeah those are some of the new rhythms that we're putting in place to um as we seek to discover this galilean jesus right this historical jesus as we seek to actually um not just understand him but also follow him right because yeah. that's that's our big thing at the moment it's like you know again you know Ernest van Eck um whom I think I cited in the previous podcast you know mentioned how I think it was only once or twice in the bible where Jesus says believe in me right I think the one the one that I can think of is with you know the whole Lazarus situation he says Mary believe in me or whatever I am the resurrection and the life but most of the time he says follow me yeah follow me. the and main so, command is to follow him always. right so we're, we're we're in this process as you guys have been hearing us ramble on of yeah learning how to follow jesus in this in yeah. this newness uh that we're rediscovering um and as always we know that you guys Just are joining finding with a way us. to carry out his mission as well but or first we need to understand that mission we need to understand this jesus right before we can you know like proclaim the kingdom of god on earth when we don't really fully understand it exactly so as always do the right thing engage um drop a question a comment share 
subscribe subscribe to the podcast give us a good rating on apple Podcasts <laughs> so that we can continue to yeah, be seen soliciting ratings yeah by others and guys we will see you guys next time yeah thank you for joining us guys later bye